can't measure pain. You just can't. Yeah. You can't measure one person's pain with another's. And pain is pain, hurt is hurt. But podcast on planet earth uh i'm here with my man young neasy how are you doing man hey man feeling fantastic man how you going i'm fantastic it's obviously me mr femi and you are now locked into the uncovered podcast with nick and femi and you know today we got a very interesting one we got a very very interesting kind of guest mm. today um a good friend of us for many many years yeah. I've seen her grow up, you know, from, uh, <laughs> from a 20, what was like a 22-year-old girl at, at True, at the nightclub. <laughs> Man. And I've seen her that day when our boy Pat tried to get with her, her mate. Um, both she wasn't both flopped. <laughs> both flopped. She wasn't happy with that, man. That's the thing. Like, you have a mate that's not interested. It's what we call... Patrick Syndrome. Patrick Syndrome, yeah, <laughs> it's Patrick Syndrome. So look, basically, this girl's a girl that we've known for, this lady, so this woman now, this, yeah, young, <laughs> yeah. young lady, you know, now she's grown up for many, many years now. And, and how old are you at the time? Huh? How old are you at the time? Seen. <laughs> <laughs> Still doesn't know my age. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> now we've got the one and only, the infamous Miss El Bianchini. How you doing there, love? Not bad. Good on ya. It's good to see ya. Thanks, man. How you Ditto. doing? Good? Yeah, you know, plodding along. Yeah, how's everything? <laughs> Same old. Same old, yeah. <laughs> About the same as three days ago when I saw you last. Yeah, actually. <laughs> awesome, uh, man. Well, look, basically the way this kind of this kind of show runs and this kind of, uh, this episode in particular is going to run, it's going to be super casual, really easy going, don't stress too much, and, you know, we'll have a bit of fun, have a bit of a laugh on the way. It. Like, you've seen multiple of our episodes by now. Like of we've course. Done like yeah. So, like, it's just the same thing. As what are we up to now? What are we getting, like, six billion listeners an episode or something yeah, like that? Yeah, something like yeah. that. So, like, but then our account, our account got hacked at seven billion, so then we had to, like, restart and all that kind of stuff. So, technically, whatever, like, uh, greatest show on earth, but whatever, you know. Like, what else <laughs> <you>? <laughs> counting. counting. Um, so, basically, look, the start of this show is that we have to do every single episode. It's always going to have an icebreaker. I know you're looking at that box and you're like, what the fuck? What is going on? Why is there tissues? Why is there hand sanitizer? And why is there like a, a turquoise aqua box? box. And in my cover. Mm. Um, you know, you're probably <laughs> wondering that, aren't you? I wasn't until now. And now I, you're uh, very curious about yeah, it. Like you would be. When you, you see like, a box like that, you're like, you're uh, worried. It's either good or it's either bad. We're gonna it's all perception. Out. So, let me explain. Nick, do you want to explain the rules of the, the game? <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, so pretty, oh, shit. Oh, shit. So, pretty much what we're going to be playing is what we call Nick and Femi lyrics. And what's going to happen, right, is that Femi's going to sing a lyric. Sing it, right? Like, you're not just going to say it and obviously sing. Whoa, I didn't know that was part of the plan. Obviously. Well, ah, cool, you've been telling us about your voice and your vocals and that. So, I'm going to tell you so I can actually sing. <laughs> and pretty much all you're going to do is just finish the lyric. So, you know, like, you see it on TV all the time, right? It's like, with the real one, or I've got to make it up? No, with the real lyrics. Like oh, the, shit. Yeah, like okay. the real song. So, if we're playing... <laughs> what do you mean, make it up? Make it up, <laughs> and then we decide if it's funny. Is that what you want to do? Yes! <laughs> That's actually do that. a pretty good That's idea. That's a good idea, good idea. <laughs> I don't Hey, don't come hijacked our, our podcast here, okay? <laughs> Next episode. Next episode. That's it. <laughs> and pretty much, if you get it right, then smooth sailing. Yeah, smooth we'll, sailing. On, on to the next question. On to the next one. We're going to do a total yeah. of three. Yeah. If you get it wrong, though. <laughs> That's a very ominous laugh. 
what you're gonna do is we call this the mysterious box. And if you get it wrong, without showing, without looking, you're gonna put your hand in the box and pick an item. Whatever item you pick is the one that you're gonna eat. No matter what. No matter what. Yeah. I'm lactose intolerant, guys. Yeah, yeah. Femi, Femi told us about that. We've got so lactose in there. We have a dietitian on board. It's all good. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boom! This is intense already. Let's kick it off. Ready? We should blindfold her as well, make sure she doesn't look. We dunny paper. <laughs> Just in case they look in the box, what do you reckon? Uh, and the effect. Let's, it's all about the visuals. It's, it's all about the visuals. We'll, about the visuals. we'll, we'll see when she gets it wrong. We'll see yeah, we'll see. Right. Why did you say when? Because you're going to get it wrong. You're not oh, going to know right. this. It's not, it's not, uh, it's not Faris Karim or whatever, like, whatever. Who? What do you listen, I don't know, bro. What, what do, do you listen, listen to? to? R&B. No, you don't. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Derulo. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, guys. Nah. Hey, tough crowd. <clears throat> All right, ready? What? Do it two times. Look, I think one's enough. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's, it's the Nick and Femi show and not the L show. Sorry, man. That's yeah, right. That's right. <laughs> Better lock them doors in. Yeah, nah. Give it a shot. Give it a shot. Give it a shot. You gotta attempt at least. Is this some country bumpkin song? Maybe. You tell me, bro. Nah, I fool don't know. Better lock them doors in. I don't know. Chuck out the keys. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, you are so wrong. That's so wrong. Oh, right. Ah, uh, moving on. <coughs> What's the answer? Better lock them doors and turn them lights down low. That's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so, what do you say about the blindfold? I reckon turn your head like ah. Uh, you know what? Just close, cover your eyes. Close your eyes. Actually, let's blindfold it. Let's do it. Whoa, that's all right. Fix it when you get back. Dunny paper, eh? Dunny paper. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, this is so budget. Please, Sony, Sony, help us out. Brother, I can just hold it. We've been resourceful as. Alright. Uh, so why is our budget so high? So I don't look at the box. Make sure your eyes are closed. They're closed, cuz. And have a good feel for something that you want to consider. I don't know, like, where am I putting my hand? Put I can't even. What's this? Whatever it is, it's what you gotta eat if you wanna pick it. But it's in plastic, yeah? Yup. Can you undo it for me? Get a second. Yep, have a look. Have a look, have a look. I felt something. Have a look. Something's like on my hands. What is it? What has she got though? We'll tell her after. I'll tell her after. I'm actually nervous. Yeah, open your mouth though. Can you just put it in my no, hand? Just put it in her hand. Because I don't like. That's it. What is now that? open it. Eat it. Have a look. Do I have to have a look first? No, eat, it, eat, eat, it, it, eat it, eat it, eat it. Is it Coca Cola gummies? Yes, sir. Heck. Heck. See, if I was guessing food, I'd be tip top at that. No, you would be. Not your shit. Good idea. I like that one. No, she's good at making no, up games. No, she's good at making up games. I like that. <laughs> yeah. My last one. In the interest of time. One more. Shawty's like a melody in my head that I keep on dancing like. You didn't even sing it. <laughs> <laughs> what am I meant to? What am I meant 
finishing. I was no, you were waffling. You didn't know what you were saying at all. And I still got it wrong, baby. Shawty is like a melody in my head that I can't keep out. Got me singing like na 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 every day. It's like my iPod stuck on replay. Remember the the time? Is it the time? No, I don't know. That's it. That's all I got for you. Was she close? You gotta give us more than just no, time. Bro, you got it wrong and you were reading the lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> get, 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 you have to say more than the time. You have to say more than time. You have to give us like another six the, words. Yeah, the sentence. What's the sentence? At least the sentence. Say the last bit again. Remember. No, that's all I got. <laughs> Ta-da! Mm. Mm. Remember the first time we met? You was at the mall yeah, with your oh friends. God, I was scared to approach it, but then what you came close. Hoping you could give me a chance. <laughs> so Would you have a new? That would never be more. Do I have to put the makeshift blindfold back on? <laughs> nah, suck it, suck it, suck it. Just okay. close your eyes, close your eyes, close your eyes. Okay. What did I just touch up to nah. get? Yeah, grab it. What's grab that? it. Grab it. No, 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 no. Yuck, what is this? Grab it, grab it, grab it, grab it, grab it, grab it. What is it? Can I look first? Yeah, look at it. Look at them put in your mouth. <laughs> what is it? Oh, lemon. Yeah. Brother, that's all right. You're yes. lucky. You're lucky. You want to know what was actually yeah, in this box? There's some chat stuff in this box, bro. I'm going to say this for another day. You know, I'm going to preserve this box. No, for every guest that comes on, you're going to have this mystery box. Yuck. <laughs> and we're gonna keep it at Femi's house. Yuck! What is that? Describe what you see, yo. Yuck! <laughs> That's full yuck. That's like yuck 101. <laughs> what is that? This is my is that marvelous. Is that leftovers from a shit party? <laughs> <laughs> nah, dead set a shit party. Oh, sick, bro. Wasn't that shit? Had a few people show up. Uh, I'll show the camera. They can see it. If you guys can see that, see it's that. very disgusting, bro. That but is. I won't show it too much. I'm gonna continue to add on to it. And it's, it's just gonna let it get really moldy and just gross. And That's then, hot. like the salmon was already like a year <laughs> old, so. Well, lucky you didn't get that. Wow. <laughs> you want more cola bottles? No. Wash it down. Do you wanna wash your hands and stuff? Well, we got hand sanitizer in yeah, that. Yeah, that would be tip top. Yeah, yeah sock yeah. Nah, you can keep that. You keep that. You can keep that. Alright, let's put it next to right. you. We didn't have bin tea, bro. Like, what do you want us to do? Budget. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so thank you for participating in that, Ms. L. You know, got your spirits a little bit up, hands a bit gross. Yeah, a bit. Yeah, so let's get straight into it. Obviously, here we're just trying to have a good chat with you and understand your story, understand what's going on. And a lot of people obviously don't know you if they don't follow you. And you have like what? 18 followers. So. 19. Don't worry, there's 18 people. And you have no idea who you are. So give them a little bit of a rundown of who you are, what's your life, like, like what do you do, like, why are you on this podcast? Well, I'm on it because you asked me to. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm 30. I work as a high school teacher. Um, I used to be in media, in advertising, mm -hmm. um, but I sacked that pretty quick. Yeah. Um, I don't know, what else do I say? Why'd you sack that? Because it was very monotonous, and I did a lot for no result, or little result. Mm -hmm. What yes. do you mean by that? Just side note. Yeah, what do you mean by like, 
little result. So I felt that my whole life at work, my work life, I should say, revolved around an Excel spreadsheet. And then all I got was one figure at the end of it. And it was just, I knew what I was going to encounter every single day. Well, that's interesting. So you did, you were marketing. Yeah. And you were only looking at an Excel spreadsheet. So you weren't doing anything creative or anything like that? No, I was in, I was a planner buyer in so, advertising. Um, okay. Do you know what that is? <laughs> okay. No, but <laughs> from, from context, I could figure it out. From context, you could figure it out pretty yeah, easily. Yeah, so like you do demographic work. So yeah. if a company pr um, gives you a product, you have to figure out what demographic would oh, be interested okay. in buying it and then what media they're more likely to associate with and then you buy ad space there. Right. Yeah. You would have never figured that out. That's exactly what I thought it was. But anyway. It's not, but alright. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, look, obviously, like, there's a reason why you're on this podcast. I feel like you've got a very interesting story. A lot of people don't know. And a lot of people, like, even if they do know you, or 18 of your friends, like, do know 19. you. 19. Yeah. That do know you. They don't often know the extent of your story, right? And I've been privy to be able to know you for a long time and actually understand your story to an extent. And I feel like you've got a lot of value and... And a lot to say, right? So, take it away and say what you'd like to say and where you at. Um, so, this is regarding... Yeah, so I'll, I'll introduce that for you if you like. So, basically, Elle was... Uh, how old were you when... Um, almost 22. So, almost 22 when her father passed away. Um, she was very close with her father. And it was a very big transition and a big life event, right? And she's gone through a lot of ups and downs, and she's come out, I would say, definitely on top of the situation. Good on you, cuz. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like she's got a lot of like, inspirational and, and really, really motivational things to say about the whole situation. So I'll let you take it away. Give us a little bit of a background of what that, first of all, what that process was like in terms of like, how did he pass? What happened? How did you feel? Like, what's the background of that? So, growing up, we were a really tight-knit family, mm -hmm. just very typical European family where everything was centred around family and experiencing things together. Um, and my family, coming from a very traumatic uh, migration to Australia, they really did a lot to shelter us from everything that was negative. And that could be from my dad's... Um, I guess you could call it abusive upbringing as well. And my mum coming from her family who were prisoners of war, that's how we came to Australia. Mm -hmm. um, so they were very active in keeping us sheltered as a family, my brothers and I. Um, so then when my dad got sick, it was in February of one year, and he went through the whole chemo, radiation process, everything. But in my head, because I had never experienced something really bad before, I always thought, oh, it will work out because mm. everything mm. up until that point had always worked out. So I never thought in my wildest dreams that it would end the way it did. And seeing my dad as the pinnacle of the family, being the strongest person, he held everything together all the time. And even when he was essentially dying, he wouldn't expose anything bad to us. Mm -hmm. um, and then January the next year, so not even 12 months later is when he passed away. And I just kind of lost the plot. 
to put it in colloquial terms. Um, <laughs> colloquial terms, though. Yeah, I just... Um, <clears throat> I couldn't fathom that the man who I loved the most in my life was suddenly not there. Um, and I... Everything that I looked for in direction and strength came from him. So not having him there, I just was completely lost and I didn't know what to do from that point. So what did you do? Um, I did everything I could to try and distract myself. So um, I was really fortunate to have two people in my life who held me down as best as I could and that's my, one of my cousins and the best friend I had at the time. Um, but in, mentally and emotionally, I was just completely off the rails. I had no stability. Um, I was lucky that I could hold down my job, but every distraction I could latch onto, I, I could. And I was, again, lucky that I had a good, a good influence. The circle that I was in was very healthy, despite me being very unhealthy at the time. So I never dabbled in any thing that I shouldn't have been, but I was going out and really burning, what's the saying, burning the candle at both ends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So anything, so I wouldn't have alone time with my thoughts. Wow. Mm -hmm. Right, so talk to us about that emotional instability stage where you were kind of like, just trying to distract yourself. Like, what does that, what did I actually feel like? Like, you know, um, that emotional rollercoaster type thing. It felt like I was just being pushed along in a really terrible current. Oh. Yeah, so, and I was trying to grasp onto something, but I just couldn't. And from there, that's when I started getting to very unhealthy relationships. Mm. Like what? Because I think it's very interesting, right? Because people don't, uh, people actually underestimate the effect that a father figure or a mother figure has in mm. your relationships. And yeah. they have a saying that's like, you often either date someone that's exactly like your dad or the exact opposite. Yeah. So how was that process in your father's passing affecting your relationships with other men? Like, were you intentionally going for toxic men? Were you intentionally going for men that wouldn't leave you? Or what was the situation? I don't think it was intentional. Mm. I think it was quite unintentional. But reflecting back on it, I think I started dating men who I knew were going to not end positively because that pain would distract me from the pain of losing my dad um, and I couldn't bear if they had similar traits or characteristics to my dad I couldn't bear losing someone like that again right. so I kind of not actively but I sought out men who had no yeah no similarities in character to my father at all and how long were you doing that for? Are you, are you still doing that, do you feel? Um, no, I'm actively trying not to date anyone at the moment because I think it's better for me until I really reflect 100%. But it was up until this year. Oh. Yeah. Seven years? Yeah. So how was that like? How was that? Seven years. I didn't know that. Cause that's seven, she yes. said she's 22, now she's 30, so seven years that that's going through. So that's a very long time to be battling that. And yeah. like, how did that affect your life? Because obviously if you're going for men that you're in 
like subconsciously knowing that it's not going to work out with that's emotionally draining that's physically draining and financially draining on every element so like how did you deal with that and what was that even like um well i went from a physically abusive relationship sacked him pretty quick <laughs> um and then i got into a very long-term relationship but he was very he had his own demons that he had to battle. Right. Um, so it was kind of like two people finding a band-aid in each other because we were both very damaged. Um, but I think, as I mentioned before, the emotional distraction, putting my energy into that was easier than facing the loss that I had with my dad. Mm. Yeah. Right. And did you often feel that um, it was easier for you to go for someone that could actually relate with the, some of the uh, emotional stress that you've gone through? Or did you find that you wanted to completely find someone that hasn't gone through that kind of, if you want to term a traumatic past or had someone that's passed away, you didn't want to deal with um, someone that was like that or had gone through that? Um, well, this person that I was with, he, as I said, he had his own issues. Mm. And I think my mission was to try and fix him because mm. I really wanted someone to do that to me. Right. Um, which obviously left me in a worse place because you can't fix anyone. You yeah. can only work on fixing yourself. Yeah. But yeah, I think I was more willing to accept people's shit behavior um, because I wanted that void of being loved filled, even if it meant it was 20%. So how did you mask that? Because obviously you're not going out and saying this to the person. You're not saying, no. fuck, bro, like, I, want, I know this is going to end. So <laughs> I want, like, let's get in it. Yeah. So how did you mask the, your real feelings going into the relationships? Um, I never really thought, wow, this is really not going to go anywhere. I kind of knew it in the back of my head. Mm. But the prospect of being alone was so much worse than being in a shit relationship at the time. So I'd rather put up with um, emotional abuse and financial and everything else than be by myself because that inconsistent love was better than no love right. for me. It's very interesting because it's it's exactly like what it's kind of like it's this anxiety right and the anxious feeling of like yeah. it's so much easier to just avoid it than yeah. to confront it and that's what anxiety is right it's like the it's like the feeling of the perceived threat of being alone or being whatever it is so you avoid that by hiding or seeking other men so when did you actually clock that you're doing this because you've always known in the back of your head and obviously you've got like really good self-awareness. But oftentimes our self-awareness doesn't translate into our behavior. So when did you realize that this is what's happening and decide to shift? Why or how, um, what was the trigger? The trigger for me, the main catalyst was um, a relative of mine who I'm really tight with. Um, and she asked me one time, well, she said, can't you see that there's a repeat behavior here and I acknowledge that there was and then she said would you have um, accepted this if my partner was doing this to me and I said no I think he's a big flop if he was <laughs> um, 
And then she said, would your dad have ever treated your mum like that? Or did your dad ever treat your mum like that? Um, and obviously the answer was definitely not. Um, and that kind of started the process and the ball rolling of realising that it's not okay to be in that situation. Mm, that's really interesting. I don't know, like, I've got so many questions, but I don't want it to be just about your relationships. I think yeah. there's so much more to your life than just how you've dated men. I feel like it mm. does obviously have a big impact, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I want to ask something else, though. In your friendships and in your other kind of non-romantic kind of relationships, how did that play out? Because I know that, like, this is me from knowing you, you had a lot of friendships that are no longer are existing now. Yeah. So what's happened there? Do you think that that kind of, like, your trauma and your transition from being who you were eight years ago to being who you are now has broken down those kind of relationships, for lack of a better word? Yeah, I think... Um what I'm really working on and which has led to a lot of those main friendships kind of dissolving is I'm really trying to establish healthy boundaries right. um, because I would just accept anything because as long as I was getting that feeling of love then it doesn't matter what it would come with. Mm -hmm. So I think that also transitioned to platonic friendships as well. Mm. Um, but establishing boundaries has been a very big challenge for me. Yeah. I could yeah. imagine. And what's that process been like for you so far? Like, what kind of steps have you been doing to establish those boundaries? Well, I've lost um, some very good friends. Mm. Or I can't really <coughs> say that they were good. No shade. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> say with your chest. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've lost um, people in my life who I never thought I would. Yeah. Um, but I just realised that I was putting up with things that I knew that I would never do to them. Yeah. And I just thought, you know, each to their own, but I'm not here for it. So I really want to hone in, right, because people don't know what the actual pain and what the actual process is of losing a loved one. Mm. Everyone has heard of it and everyone can somewhat relate. Oh, I've, you know, but until you've lost someone that was so close to you, no one knows the emotional anguish that it goes with it, right? So to be sitting here and to be able to have the conversation with it, whether it's two weeks or eight years or 50 years apart, you've come through a, a lot. So I want you to really just go in and have a little bit of a exploration as to what you did to be able to get here. And obviously you, you, know, you went through a lot of natural transitions, but I want you to get through like, what did you do to be able to be here? Um, I think really trying to acknowledge what has happened has been the hardest. Um, and you know, people say that time heals all and that kind of crap, but it really doesn't. It gives you coping mechanisms um, and nothing can prepare you for the pain of losing a parent, especially when that parent is who you looked for for emotional stability. Mm -hmm. So I think I've worked quite hard to get here um, the people in my support circle, so my family, my close family, um, my, the friends I have now, um, I've actively, and this was a big thing, especially coming from a migrant family, um, 
to try and see someone professionally for emotional, who specialises in emotional trauma. Um, and she has helped me a lot. So I think there's nothing wrong and there still is in some communities seen, there's a bit of a stigma um, getting professional help because mm. people think it's for nutcases and, mm. you know, like really extreme cases. But the thing is, losing a parent is an extreme Huge. thing to go through um, and losing anyone close. So I still see her every fortnight and I have for the past four years and if there's a week where I can't make it or I skip it or something like that then I can really kind of feel it a bit mm. yeah so, I find that very interesting and I, I can only imagine how tough it would be because myself personally like I haven't lost anyone close and not no immediate family I mean I've had people like overseas that have passed away and during that process like you see like your your family like your mother crying but for myself, I find it hard to get that deep kind of connection and feel like, oh, I should be, should, should be sympathetic at some point because it's like I never really had that type of connection with that person and sometimes you feel quite weird during that. So I wanted to ask you, like, during that process, when you have, like, friends or someone that's out there that's trying to relate to you and try to console you, do you, how do you, do you feel weird by that? Like, if someone that isn't actually gone through that, do you accept it the same way as someone that's actually gone through it and can relate with what you're saying? Um, I appreciate what they're saying um, because I think, and that's something that has shifted for me before because I was very nonchalant about a lot of things, but um, I do appreciate when people try to empathise or give some type of condolence, um, but I do find myself gravitating towards people who have gone through a similar experience. So do you think that's because... The other people just have a, have a lack of understanding or I think it's a lack of kind of appreciation to the conversation or do you think it's both? Because for me personally, like, I always have this kind of conversation. It's like, we've, like we, I have a, a good friend of mine that has had a parent that's been very, very sick and we, I've, also had, I've also experienced that. So having that kind of relation with that person of them actually fully understanding is what brings that connection. But I feel like the only reason why it brings that connection is because, pardon for the lack of a better word, they don't say stupid shit, right? As mm -hmm. someone that's never experienced that would say. Just yeah. so, because sometimes the people that haven't experienced it, they don't know what they're actually saying and they don't fully grasp the, the severity of the situation. So instead of going back and forth about, no, you don't get it, you don't get it, you don't get it, it's easier just not to talk about it with yeah. somebody that yeah. has never been there. Is that similar in your situation? hundred percent yeah yeah I've had someone say to me who the father has left the family which I I can't mm. understand that from a parent physically leaving yeah, I yeah. can't empathize with that but he tried to tell me that it was worse Wow then wow. my father passing away and I said you can't measure pain you just can't yeah. you can't measure one person's pain with another's and mm. Pain is pain, hurt is hurt, but I just, yeah, I couldn't believe that stupid shit came out of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big drop kicks. Drop kicks, that is So what do you reckon people should do to be able to actually help people that are going through pain? Because you can't expect 
Because I've realized that I can't expect to only try to heal my pain with other people that I've been through that because they hurt too. Yeah. So it's mm. got, I've got to find a way to be able to relate to people that haven't done it, haven't been through that and can actually support me in some way. But I haven't been able to actually articulate that just yet. So do you feel like there's any way that people that are, or if anyone knows, mm. anyone that's out there or what you can do that if you haven't been there to relate with someone that has been going through some things? Um, I find that one thing that a relative of mine said to me, um, and I call her my sister cousin because we're tight like sisters, but obviously not, we're cousins. Um, but one way she phrased it was the best. Um, she said, I can't empathize because I haven't been through it, but if you need to talk, whether you want to or not, then I'm here for you. And anything that I can help you with then I'll be there for you. Yeah. Mm. But then you've got to be willing to follow through with it. So. Yeah. 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 So I it's the that. support, not, it's not and problem I think solving. It's, it's emphasizing that you don't know what they're going through. Yeah. 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 I think that's the key point as well, because I'm just thinking that even if we were to have that kind of conversation, right, it's hard to not be like overly empathetic and end up saying, lack of better words, stupid shit throughout yeah, the conversation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's something that you want to avoid. So it's like, because I've had those conversations where like I've tried to console someone, they're expressing their emotions and then it's like, because I don't know how to relate, I end up saying stupid shit. And you end up getting <laughs> and to an argument. And then I end up getting to an <laughs> argument it doesn't really solve the situation. <laughs> so it's like, I feel like it's always good to be like, yeah, I'm willing to have a conversation with you. But when you're in the midst of that conversation, like what, how, let me ask you, how would you like that conversation to go down? Um, if someone was, oh, you mean if I was still in experiencing my dad being sick and yeah, things like that? And yeah, exactly. And let's say you're chatting with me where I haven't experienced that. Like, I, I'm just curious to figure out what, how, what type of support or what type of conversation do you think would be more acceptable, if you want to say that, or? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Come on, dictionary, give me a better word. <laughs> <laughs> Time guys. No, no. <laughs> now, how is your mystery mark, Nick? You hate What's to say mark. Uh, we end up doing the same degree. <laughs> oh no cap! <laughs> no cap! It took you a bit longer. No, because I do. I do. Uh, 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 next, yeah, next. Anyways. <laughs> anyway, pushing <laughs> <she> on. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, what was the question? Was the question? <laughs> yeah, bro, can I get a refresh? <laughs> <laughs> no, basically, like, how do you want the conversations to go down? Because we, we really are in an epidemic where we don't know how to relate to people and we don't know how to talk to people. Mm. And that's why people don't talk. That's why people don't actually get at the emotional baggage, right? Because like you said, in the grand scheme of it, there's probably not that many people you know in your life that have gone through what you've gone through. Mm. So that massively limits the pool of people that can actually support you if you're thinking it the way that we were thinking it. So we need to know how do we actually talk to people, whatever situation they're going through, if they're going through drug abuse, they're going through parental loss, sickness, whatever it is, there needs to be, a, there needs to be some kind of a, advice or tip for us to be able to relate to someone without pretending to know what they're going through. I think um, if you do stress that you don't emotionally yeah. understand or yeah. physically understand what they're going through, um, because otherwise it can come across as very patronizing. Yes. yes. Um, which does not go down well, especially when your emotions are so severely heightened yeah. in that yeah. point of distress. Um, but 
I found that my support group, whilst they were very, very good to me, um, and I wouldn't trade them or that time with them for anything, um, at some point there were two of them said to me, you know, I'm here for you if you need to talk, but I don't have the tools to really do much beyond that. Mm. And that's when they suggested for me to go seek some type of professional help to aid the situation mm. because a sounding board is great, but after a while you just end up hearing your own voice yeah. reverberating back and forth. So I think, yeah, to acknowledge that you don't know and then help in a way that's not condescending or patronising at all. Mm. I think that what you said is perfect, or what your friend said to you is perfect, is understanding the where your scope of practice, practice is yeah. or your scope mm. of knowledge is and understanding that look if you don't know don't try and problem solve and fix something that you have no idea how to fix yeah. yeah and being able and there's nothing there's no shame and there's nothing wrong in just saying hey man like i think that you need some it, it might you might benefit from speaking to someone professionally because i feel like that's what we're scared of saying and we're scared of actually saying that to our friends because it can come off as you're trying to hospitalise me. Yeah, yeah, because there is still that stigma Huge. associated mm. with professional help. Huge. Yeah. Huge. And there shouldn't be, right? Even yeah. though there is, we don't wanna, we're not here to argue whether there should, shouldn't be, whatever it is. Mm. And I feel like the only way to break that is by having these conversations and normalising it. Because yeah. the only reason why we think that it's such a scary thing is because we're ignorant to it. Mm. We're ignorant to what professional help looks like. Professional help is not you getting meds shoved down your throat every second, is it? It's no. not. Going to speak to someone like when you come, like I work in a in an assessment center at the hospital. Not everyone that comes in there is is getting admitted. It's yeah. not how it is. Sometimes some people just need to have a chat and they need to get counselling and they need to go through the processes. And it's so sad that the fact that them just mentioning it can start a fight. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that. Um I don't know who would help solve this problem, but I think there needs to be more awareness what is actually on offer. Because mm. until I went to the doctors, because at one point I was so highly anxious that my hair was literally falling out in chunks and I was getting, I don't know what was going on with my skin, but like patchy and everything. And I went to a doctor to say, hey, you know, what's going on? What's up with this? Mm. That she told me you can get X amount of counseling sessions provided by the government, which I had no idea mm, yeah. about. So I really think that there needs to be more awareness brought to that as well. Right, yeah. And I agree, like that's what needs to be done. And it's like on every level of wherever you're going through, like just, but the thing is about some, but the thing about this kind of information is actually out there. Yeah. Just, just Google it. Do you know what I mean? It sounds silly, but like, so, like if you just Google what you're entitled to or what's around you, you'll see a lot. Even if, even if you don't feel like you're like completely emotionally distressed right now, Google it so you know that what you're aware of and then be able to have those sources that if it does come, you can utilize exactly. it. But also before it gets to that point, have good conversations because prevention is always better than cure. Because I feel like if I was more emotionally sound in myself, when harder times have come up, I wouldn't have, I would have been able to deal with it better. Mm. Um, and I'm sure that you can relate to that too and stuff like that. But yeah, man, that's, but I just wanted to ask you before, I don't know what you're about to say. But I want to ask you. <laughs> it doesn't matter now. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Hey, like, hey, man. Yeah. Hey. Thank you, bro. <laughs> so what, what were some of the tips and tricks that you would say to anyone that's kind of going through this same type of experience that you would say to someone to help them overcome it? 
Um, I would say have a really healthy kind of circle, support right. circle, right. Um, because there's nothing worse than feeling alone yeah. when you lose someone. Right. And that's so hard to not be able to just pick up the phone and even if you don't want to say anything to them, just to be able to pick up the phone and cry to someone. Yeah. It's so important to have that feeling of support. Um, I think it's also very important to know what options you have yeah. available. Um, and I think the hardest thing is to actually acknowledge what you're going through. Yeah. That's, yeah, still something that I find difficult, but I think I'm getting a bit better at 100%. it. I agree with you. I think that that awareness piece is, it's everything, right? Because mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're ignorant and you're not aware, you're not going to be able to fix anything. You won't action anything. So I think that's... That's for me. I think that's one of the most important things that you said as part yeah. of that. Because we're always we're always the least aware of our own behaviours, and we're yeah. always the last person to recognise what we're doing. And I feel like it's very important if we do get that acknowledgement and that awareness of our behaviour and what we're actually feeling. Um, yeah, it, it's a game changer. It changes 100%. everything. Hundred percent. So, Elisa, just gave you. Your, your <laughs> Is it Elisa? Yeah, Elisa. Oh. Yeah, I think oh. her name was just the letter L. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was uh, just the letter L. <laughs> it's easy, let's be real. <laughs> no, honestly, like L, thank you so much for telling us your story and no being able to be so vulnerable, man. Yeah. It's, it's a very, very hard thing to go through and to be able to come here and talk to us on the mic. And yeah, all, be it. All, all, all six billion of our friends, of our fans. Our fans I know. <laughs> It's huge. Like, honestly, thank you so much. Really do appreciate that. No worries. It's been another episode of the Uncovered Podcast. But obviously, before we wrap it up, we've got to do one of my favorite segments. Rapid Fire. Boom. Rapid Fire. So, we've talked a lot about you, Elle, but we don't really know you. Oh, we no. want to know a little bit about you. So, we're <laughs> going to give you about five rapid fire questions that you have to answer. Super easy. One sentence, one word. Keep it short. Keep it slick. Ready? Story of my life. Hey. <laughs> Take it easy, don't be sleazy. That's it. <laughs> Number one, favourite movie. Favourite movie. Life is beautiful. It's mm, interesting. That, uh, that. Right. It's a good title. Yeah. I've never heard of it. What's it about? Oh, tell me how. So, I'll send you the spark notes. <laughs> 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 oh, high school jokes. <laughs> Alright, favorite travel destination? The States. 100%. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I feel like there's some inside thing going on. I'm just sitting here like, oh, oh I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Watch the, buy our uncovered version of this and then we'll, we'll tell you about it. Uh, most important thing in your life, item wise. So it can't be phone, laptop, whatever. It's just got to be like your item. What's the most important item to you? Do you mean like a non living thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Item. <laughs> Do you know what it would be? It sounds like pretty. I have. It's a handkerchief with my dad's initials on it oh, that wow. he used to put in his top pocket. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Do you keep that really close to you? I keep it in a jewelry box, so it's, yeah. I don't touch it. It's awesome. Yeah. And what's the most attractive? What's the most attractive quality in someone? Um, humor and relatability. So you're out, sorry. 
All right, Miss L, last question. Your number one tip or advice for life. Hit me with it. Live your best life. Yeah, yeah. cuz. You like that lame song that you always tease me about? Live your best life. life. Yeah. Yeah. But it teases you about it. Yeah. Yeah, cause she's sad. She sings it all the time, man. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> she's always just in a Live your best life. I'm like, fuck off, L. <laughs> <laughs> No, nah. what a flop. I <laughs> know. Oh, no, nah, but Sissy, great advice, man. I think we should live our best life in every element of it. And sing that song if you want to sing it. I'm not gonna sing it, but yeah, I'm gonna sing it on my home. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dope, dope, dope. That's it. That's the that's the end of the rapid fire questions and thus ending the uncovered podcast. You wanna do the outro from a young Neezy? Yes sir, man. So if you guys resonated with this or you, you got some value out of this conversation, please leave us a review i would love to hear what you learned and like we always say if you're going through some hard times you need some kind of support and you just want someone to talk to doesn't hesitate to reach out to us like through our instagram messages our dms um i control it so you will be read if it was spammy it's the other way around but you know it's <laughs> Ooh. That's fine. And that's it. <laughs> now, thank you for listening to the Uncovered Podcast, the greatest podcast on planet Earth, bar none. So, honestly, it's been a pleasure to have Miss L. Thank Is you, there, L. Do you want to shout out your Instagram or anything you want to shout out? You want to get like 20 followers? Yeah, yeah, nah. <laughs> she, she's a high school teacher. You can't. Yeah, I can keep it under wraps. <laughs> nah, well, we're, we're at the same place, at Nick and Femi. Um, you know, if you want to follow me for some bands, at Who's Femi. You want to follow me? You want to follow me? It's, I'm still working on this, but <laughs> no, I, bro, I have to say this every single time. In. And this guy's doesn't change. And easy, four E's and an underscore at yes. the end. Yes, sir. So, honestly, it's been a pleasure. We'll catch you next week when we have another fantastic guest. Next week's guest is really interesting. Oh, I'm really, like really it. looking forward to. Um, so, I can't wait for you guys to listen to that one. And she's oh, going to finish off the cola bottles. Uh, but no, honestly, it's been awesome, yeah. Another Uncovered Podcast with Nick and Femi. Thank you. Peace out.